Hey, all you hot messes on this week's episode of the Hot Mess Teacher Express, we are talking all about those condescending pieces of advice that people who have not stepped into a classroom since the 1980s try to tell teachers to make us feel better about our jobs. You're not going to want to miss this one. Stick around. you hot messes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Mess Teacher Express. How you doing out there, huh? The first uh, few weeks of school are done and over and the honeymoon phase is probably finished, right? The newness of the year has worn off. The Ticonderogas aren't as crisp. And uh, this was usually the time of the year for me where like the rubber met the road and all I could see was just like a lot of road in front of me. And there was just a lot of time left in the school year. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it because I'm a hot mess. But if you were brought down by that today, if it's too much, I want you to focus on today and this moment. Okay. You are showing up today in the way that you can. That's amazing. Because listen, I'm going to tell you this from experience because this is probably the 400th time I've tried to do this episode because I'm technically and irrevocably a hot mess. But like whenever you're you're feeling like you're overwhelmed, it's so it's so easy to just like not show up, right? <laughs> it's really easy to show up when you're ready to kill it and everything's going good and you're like you're ready to just blow people away with your amazingness. And, and it's hard to do that. So if you are showing up and you don't want to, way to go. Thank you for being here. <laughs> a lot of times when we like complain about our jobs, people like automatically want to jump in and fix it. And sometimes when they do that, they say the most condescending things to minimize where you're at with your teaching career. Again, sometimes it's like your your mom or your grandma or your really nice neighbor or your bestest non-teacher friend in the world. And they're saying these things to try and make you feel better, right? But it's really the most annoying thing to hear in these moments when you just need someone to understand, see where you're at, see that you're struggling, and and to see you and listen to you. And unfortunately, because anyone who has a child who is in school or has gone to school at any point in their lives or pays our salaries, I mean, the t- their taxes, right? <laughs> they feel qualified and, and entitled to impart these nuggets, these little nugs of wisdom. But it's annoying, right? Like, why is it annoying? Like, these very unqualified people are trying to help, Jess. Sure, yep, they are. But, but you don't see me giving advice to a surgeon who is feeling super overwhelmed by their job, like, about the burden of having people's lives literally in their hands, you don't see me giving them advice because I've watched Grey's Anatomy. The simple answer is that these suggestions, or I'm going to use air quotes here, advice from people are, are, they're so far off the target of relatability and even just being an empathetic human that it doesn't even come remotely close to what is actually being experienced in a classroom. And actually, 
might have the opposite effect because what they're doing is they're diminishing our feelings and pushing teachers to the side, like suck it up, buttercup. And that mentality is coming from people who don't even have the slightest idea of what we're struggling with in schools. So today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share a few of these uh, nugs. Can I say that? Nugs of wisdom, right? And and maybe why they're problematic and why we just sh- shouldn't say them to teachers. The first one that people like to throw around a lot is, well, get another job if you're so unhappy. <laughs> wow. I mean, just like, let's start this one off with a bang. Why didn't I think of that? My LinkedIn profile is updated and ready to go looking for those interviews. Because listen, the massive and what could be catastrophic to the educational world, this, this teacher shortage that we are going through, tells me that this advice probably should not be thrown around as much or as casually as it is. Because what if, and hear me out, what if we took a proactive approach to actually eliminate the causes of why teachers are feeling so dissatisfied instead of just telling us to to quit, right? Problem, solution. Problem, teacher shortage. Solution, tell more teachers to quit. Nope, that's not it. Because obviously there's a problem with teaching if a giant amount of teachers have quit, right? They're done. And schools today are currently functioning without qualified or certified teachers in some or most of their classrooms. Unhappiness in a, in a job is going to happen. Okay, I'm not I am not going to love or enjoy every part of my job. But when you hate everything about the job that you once loved and and it's something that other people can fix, to, to help retain me in the middle of a teaching shortage. Like, I don't know where the disconnect is. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Problem, solution. Problem, solution. The next thing people usually throw around when we're talking about how bad student behavior is, is they're like, we'll just be stricter. Absolutely, for sure. Thanks for that expert advice. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that yelling or being a witch or putting a tighter leash on students is not the answer to student behavior problems. Having consequences and those consequences being enforced, yes, but a lot of times those things like yelling and and, and putting a tighter leash are like kind of counterintuitive to what I want to do in my classroom. I, I want kids to want to be in my classroom I want them to learn and to feel safe enough to learn. I want them to feel safe enough to make mistakes and and be themselves. Being strict is not the answer to every class and every student. The way my parents parented me is way different than the way that they parented my brother because we're different humans with different motivations. I honestly just like can't even get into this because people who are not actively in the classroom. Most think that kids are like robots and will respond to the same things the way that they did 40 or 50 years ago. And I'm sorry, that's just not the case at all. When we're feeling overwhelmed with our workload, some people are like, well, just finish your work and leave it at school. And friends and family and and partners who are not in education don't quite understand the magnitude of our workload. It can't just be left behind in the classroom. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? And if we did leave it for the morning, 
we would be up all night worrying about how grossly underprepared we are for the next day. <laughs> it is really toxic the way that we can't ever clock out of our jobs. That would be super nice, but in all seriousness, we kind of know that going into this job. And this would be one of the perks of marrying a teacher if you're also a teacher because they get it. My husband and I used to have like school date nights where he would cut laminations for me and help me with a bulletin board. So romantic, right? Yeah. Oh. And there, there are boundaries, obviously. I think maybe a better piece of advice would be make sure you have a goal. And when you get what you absolutely need to done, the rest will be there tomorrow. Now let's go eat our weight and chips and salsa and maybe even get a spicy mark. If every piece of advice <laughs> ended that way, with chips, salsa, and a spicy margarita, I think I may feel differently about any nugs of wisdom people would want to give me. The next one that people usually throw around is, remember to take care of yourself. Oh my gosh. Like, mind blown. That's what I haven't been doing this whole time. I totally forgot about that. You fixed me. <sighs> Self-care is a trigger now for educators. Sorry, that should have come with a warning before I said that. But seriously, stop with the self-care. Would this taking care of myself occur before or after the mountains of paperwork? Or maybe it's after a soul-draining, condescending meeting with an irate parent, intense lesson planning, or maybe after subbing during my prep period, or would it come after the conferences with students? Hmm. Like, I, I get it. Thank you for wanting me to take care of me. I'll add that to my to-do list. Can't wait. Instead of saying that, maybe here's what something we could do instead. Like, here's a gift card to go get a massage or go to a paint night or go throw axes at Target's. And ask yourself before giving this piece of advice out to student, uh, out to teachers, is why is it so hard for educators to take care of themselves? And, and what can I do to help? The next thing that people usually say is don't spend your money on stuff for your class. This one. Mm, this one gets me. Because nothing says you have not been in a classroom or you do not understand the mechanics of a public school like this phrase. One of my favorite things that I've I've watched during this back to school season is uh, teachers showing their government funded classrooms versus their teacher funded classrooms. And the contrast is very eye opening. It's very disturbing and, and it's it comes off in a funny way, but it's sad. And a lot of times schools don't even have the resources to supply supplies for students who don't have what they need. And guess whose fault it is if the kids aren't successful, even if it's the fault of underfunded schools who are not able to supply students with what they need to be successful. That's right. It's teachers. It's us. So yeah, we're going to fix it with our own money. Don't tell me to spend my own money when I want my students to be successful and I'm going to get them what they need to be successful. You're welcome. But what if, what if we lived in a world where teachers didn't do that? What if we lived in a world where we didn't spend our own money on our classrooms or our students? What would classrooms look like? What would the student experience be like? Because I feel like 
if we as a teacher community, I feel like we should just like go hardcore for one year, one school year and not spend any like I'm not talking anything, a dime of our own money on school supplies, on on decorations, on activity supplies, like nothing and see what happens. Because seriously, what a powerful message to how much you are truly spending on your classroom to then, I don't know, like not try to cover for the districts who are actually underfunding their schools because they're like, oh, we've never had this problem before. That's because teachers are making up for it. Of course, we couldn't do that because of who loses out in the end. And that's our students. We wouldn't do what districts and school boards are doing to us and to their children and to the education of those children because we're not actually heartless. The next thing that people say is do it for the kids, right? Like I insinuated earlier, we're not doing this for the paycheck, okay? Some days I do recognize the importance of eating and having a roof over my head, This has gone so far as to make sure we're doing it for the kids so much that guess what? We might have to die to do it because God forbid we put any policy into action that would protect those children and your teachers because, oh, the teachers are there. Ah, They'll protect them. They'll teach them. They're called to it. Please. If politicians or even community leaders and school boards really understood the meaning of the phrase, putting kids first, we would not be in this position at all. You want to sit there and shame me, shame teachers for not putting kids first? Well, guess what? Like, why don't you take that own piece of your own advice and fund your schools? Put policies into place that would protect them. Set the children in your communities up for success. I don't know why it's so upsetting when teachers ask to have their pay raised or for people to value their worth and and respect what they're doing every day when with these kids in their classrooms. And I don't I don't know why that's so offensive to people, but like do it for the kids. Because If you truly wanted what's best for the kids, you would make sure that the people who are teaching them and empowering them, you would want them to feel respected and valued and also to be fairly compensated. The next thing that people usually try to tell us is, oh, you should try to earn some like side hustle money. Um, yeah, why? Why should I even have to? (laughs) I I can't even get started on like multi-level marketing stuff because they're ridiculous. So please do not suggest or infer that I need to sell something after school hours or even go work a shift at a restaurant after school because let's get down to the nitty gritty of it. Like why are teachers doing this? Why is it so normal to have a teacher who is also um, on wait staff at the local Outback? Like we have college degrees and are working 60 plus hours a week and then some getting paid minimum wage. How about this? How about we try and help teachers get paid fairly? And, And then maybe I'll look into whatever my middle school rival is trying to sell me via my Instagram DMs. (laughs) The next thing that people usually throw around is make school more fun for kids. 
Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we are living in an age where where TikTok kind of reigns supreme. Virtual reality is there the students' reality, whether it's video games or or social media, just like scrolling through stuff. It's fast, it's engaging, and it's quick. It's coming all the time, every thirty seconds, and sometimes that's not what school or education or learning is. We are trying our best to make the curriculum relevant and and motivating and we're creating projects that are relevant to the zeitgeist of adolescence. So we are trying, but we are limited by by time, resources and testing. You know, what isn't fun for kids or teachers, let's be real, is the testing. Let's get rid of that and then see how much fun we're having. Speaking of fun, that was fun, right? <laughs> if you need to subtly send this episode to someone who needs a reminder about how to talk to educators, feel free. Okay, you have my permission. Hit that share button, right? If you're listening to this because a teacher in your life sent it to you, um, hi. <laughs> hi, how are you? Uh, just know that whoever sent this to you, sent this with love and that you also owe them chips and salsa and a spicy margarita. Okay. Maybe I'll join you too. <laughs> Please make sure that you are uh, following us on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. The gang is all there. Okay. I can't wait to see you next week on the Hot Mess Teacher Express, the only hottest and messiest Teacher Express out there. And until next week, stay messy. Bye. <laughs>